actually tell me about this because you mentioned uh like all the creative solutions that you try to implement and everything because you were in advertising for about 20 years two decades mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's a long time what were yeah. the craziest and the weirdest solutions or um results that you've gotten from the weirdest things like that you didn't expect have you ever had something like that that you were like you tried it and you were like oh it's going to be fantastic and it was terrible all the other <laughs> Well, we definitely had a lot of those opportunities to try things that ended up being terrible. Um, I was Tell lucky me. enough to work for, I was lucky enough to work for, you know, a couple agencies that um, were, you know, the biggest in Canada at the time. And, and one of them being uh, DDB was, you know, one of the biggest in the world at the time. And we had, uh, uh, um, you know, a, a lot of companies have value, you know, their values that they follow. Uh, we had, uh, what were what were called the four freedoms, and one of the four freedoms was the freedom to fail, um, mm. and so it it felt amazing to come to work every day and and feel like you could try anything you want and uh, it'd be okay if you screw it up. And so I've done some pretty weird campaigns uh, before that Tell definitely me. failed. So <laughs> one of the campaigns, and actually this was this was very very early in my career, we. Um, we were working for uh, Lotus uh, and Lamborghini dealership, oh, and and for those that, you know that that don't know, the Lotus car is quite is quite small and it's very very sporty. Whereas a Lamborghini is a little bit bigger and beefier, and and um, and and it's the Lotus is also very. Um, you know, it's it's marketed to men and and men that like to go fast and that like to show off. Um, and so we had come up with a campaign <laughs> and, you know, th- th- it's, it's, it's very sexist now when I look, look back at it, but um, are you familiar with the term panty remover? Yeah. Yeah. So a car can be known as a panty remover. And so we, we created this campaign called pantyremovercar.com and <laughs> You would go on this website and and there would be a photo of a of a, 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 a lotus, except the lotus was completely covered in women's underwear, panties. And you had That's almost so like cool. an you almost had like an eraser and you could erase you could erase the panties off this car and eventually it revealed the brand new Lotus. And then you would go on and you could, you know, uh, set up a test drive and all these sorts of things. Well, you know, the website was actually quite popular. Um, And so we, we thought, well, let's, let's create a a, a gorilla stunt opportunity and let's take one of our, our, um, our Lotuses. Let's put it on the side of the street. This was in Vancouver, Canada. Let's put it on the side of a very busy street and let's, cover the car in panties so it almost looks like a guy has just parked his car on the side of the road and women have just been throwing their underwear at at this car because it's so it's so beautiful um well my job was to find the panties yeah Um, i actually was wondering i was like where did you get so many panties and 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 I was very young I, i think i was still an intern at the time to be honest and my boss said you know um you don't have a budget, but I need you to find. No, ask the women. <laughs> no, he said I need you to find three thousand pairs of women's panties, and oh, I I was always like you know very eager and very willing to try anything, um, and and, and willing to just kind of like dive straight in. And so <laughs> I started making phone calls, and I would call all these companies around the world, <laughs> asking for them to donate 
women's underwear to this. Well, you, as you can imagine, I got hung up on a lot and also got called a creep a lot. Yeah. Like because I was not like, everybody somebody understood. definitely called you a creep. Yeah, not, not everybody really understood what we were trying to do. And here I was Hello. saying, hey, can you donate 3,000 know, 3, pairs of women's panties um, to For this, a commercial. Sing, this single guy <laughs> who, uh, I, you, what do you mean, what are we going to do with it? Like, anyways, it was really, really embarrassing. You'll and, see. Yeah, and, and uh, I was never able to um, gather as many panties as we needed. 3,000. It was a lot. Yeah, we had to cancel the, uh, the, the gorilla stunt. But, you know, again, it was, uh, it, it was uh, uh, an idea that we thought was good, but obviously the execution um, we weren't able to fulfill, uh, fulfill on. <laughs> but I, I think, you know, just like anything else, you learn from those, uh, you, you learn from those mistakes. And, um, you know, you, you become very, very skilled at... Uh, knowing what is possible, but is going to take a lot of work and being okay with that. And then knowing what is impossible and not even really worth trying because your, you know, your time is better spent, you know, doing something else for the client. Uh, you become, you know, in, in the agency world, you, you become very, very uh, 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 skilled at that. I find. Yeah. But like, even having that story, it's totally worth it. Oh, Tell totally. me more. Oh, I'm so curious love, about all yeah. the greatest stunts you've done. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, fangirl no, it, moments. Tell me. Yeah, please. we once we once did a stunt for. Um, we were doing a, a campaign for the Egg Marketing Board of Canada. Uh, sorry, egg of marketing of, of British Columbia. So, so they're they're responsible egg, for like eggs promoting like eggs. Yeah, yeah. So they worked with the farmers and they tried to get people to eat more eggs. Um, oh. and, and, and I'm from Vancouver and Vancouver's right next to the border with the United States. And what was happening was eggs in the United States were so much cheaper than eggs were in Canada. And so people were driving over the border to buy their eggs and then they were coming back. And that was, we were losing like millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And when you lose all that money, you also lo lose all those tax dollars, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so we did a campaign to kind of um, create a, um, Bring your uh, the awareness <laughs> about how much money is being lost in taxes because yeah. you're going over the border to. And so we did, you know, we did some research on as you know in, into what do your tax dollars pay for? And one of the mm -hmm. things that tax dollars pay for is the fire department. And they buy new equipment and they buy new trucks and all that sort of stuff. So what we did was we built a full-scale, full-size fire truck out of egg cartons. And it was massive. It was so beautiful. It was so, it was so cool. But also, as you can imagine, people were pretty upset because we were kind of being wasteful from a recycling standpoint and were, you know, but it, it raised a lot of awareness. It, you know, we got a lot of attention. The news, you know, news media picked it up. We, we built this thing over the course of like three days outdoors in the, you know, real high traffic area in Vancouver. We had tons of people come by, take a look at it, pictures. Um, and so it actually worked, um, but it, it, you know, caused a little bit of backlash. I mean, it's a great <laughs> tactic, of course. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So crazy though. What did you do with it afterwards? Like, did you burn it? Uh, 
symbolically. <laughs> no, we uh, no, we recycled it. Um, it went, you know, to the uh, to to the recycle. It was broken up and then you know sent to the recycle depot, you know, to be reused. The the cartons were all made out of paper, um, so it wasn't like styr- styrofoam or anything like that. Um, but it was uh, environmentally it was pretty- friendly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, tell me the third one. Come on, like third times is a charm. <laughs> oh, third time. I mean, I think I think one of the um, one of the sort of uh, I'm trying to think. Not so much a failure, but just sort of you know um, one of the you know kind of lessons I've learned in building Jar Audio is in. So you know, we were just talking about marketing um, when we first built the company. We um, built it with with the thought that when it comes to marketing our podcasts, because we're because we're working with big clients um, that have you know floors and floors and floors of people whose responsibility is to promote their their content, um, whether it's blog posts or video or or whatever they're they're producing. Um, we thought we would work with our clients. And but they would ultimately be responsible for marketing the podcast. We we would advise them and work directly with them. But we thought there could be some some cost savings in them, you know, doing doing that part of it on their own. And I wouldn't call it a failure, but it was definitely apparent very early in the company that you know that is a skill that is not something that any you know just any marketer can pick up and and do. Um, or any content marketer or digital marketer can do. And so I think, you know, our, our, our clients struggled with it at first. Um, as much as we would advise them, it just became um, very, very clear that that was a service that we should be doing for them and offering for them. Um, and, and, and it wasn't until we, we've built this company, you know, very much of the, you know, of the, of the mindset that, um, very organically. Um, yeah, we have a, you know, we had a plan for what we wanted to create, but the actual creation of it has been very, very iterative. Um, and, and, and so we were quickly able to pivot into a full service offering, you know, from a marketing standpoint, but it wasn't until we really learned that this is something that most clients are not able to do that we were, uh, you know, we had the insight to do it. I see. So you're you're yeah. like in like a typical person in a tech world, pivot, pivot, pivot. <laughs> yeah, and actually, when we created the company, um, we, you know, I, I had you know I was working I was working in advertising. I had always wanted to start my own business. I had tried all sorts of different businesses to start, but the reality was, I would um, I was one of those entrepreneurs that would, you know, obsess over the logo or the name of the company mm. or what our website should look like before actually launching the company and doing anything with the company. And, you know, it wasn't until it became a little bit more mature, I realized that that was all just um, procrastination and and fear of actually launching a company. And so when I met my two partners and we sat down to, you know, to, to have a drink and discuss launching a company, you know, one of my sort of rules was I'm not doing this unless we can just put the bare minimum or, you know, minimum viable product out in the market, see if there's any interest. And then we'll just kind of build it from there. Like I wasn't going to obsess over anything. Um, and they all agreed. And so that's literally what we did. And we kind of crafted a rough idea of what we wanted to do, what we wanted, you know, to offer. And that night 
I w- you know, I went home and I sent 10 messages to people on LinkedIn, just privately. And within an hour, I got a response back from um, somebody who I'd done, I'd, I'd done some work with, I sat on a board with, who said, you know, my wife is actually just talking about doing a podcast with her company. She'd like to meet you. Um, can you guys come in? And, and within two days, we were in their office for a meeting. Um, we were asked, you know, a whole bunch of questions. We, you know, we had a really great conversation about producing a podcast. Um, they then... Uh, said, great, can you, you know, provide us with an estimate? <laughs> we hadn't even thought about pricing or anything like that. So we just literally did that, at, you know, kind of on the car ride home. Um, I remember when we got home, uh, I got a note saying, um, what's the name of your company, by the way? We, didn't even, we hadn't even come up with a name for the company. Um, again, like I didn't want to obsess over it. I just wanted to see if there was any interest. And <laughs> um, I turned to my partners and I said, I guess we should come up with a name for a company, shouldn't we? And um, <laughs> that's where Jar Audio came from. And I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, but I'm also quite proud to say that the Jar stands for Jen, Aaron, and Roger, which is the three partners who, stand the, who started the company, um, which I love, but I also kind of hate. Um, it's cheesy, but really, really Yeah, sweet. exactly. Anyways, and 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 so we and that's and that's literally how the company got started. Is is we we just organically built and built and built, and we've gotten to this point, and we've you know had some amazing clients and really successful shows, and being able to work with some incredibly talented people in the industry, and and incredibly pr- proud of what we've built. But um, <laughs> it never would have happened if we didn't just start and and learn as we as we went. And so the idea of pivoting, I know it's a word that gets used way too much these days, um, but for us, the, you know, the pivot is important because it, 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 um, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. And also it's a, I think it's just a, it's an answer to, to our clients needs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we very rarely make decisions that don't factor in, you know, whether this is going to add value to our clients. Um, and, and, and nine times out of 10, it is, um, and when, and when it's not, that's when we have to pivot again so that it is, you know, then it is, uh, you know, offering that value. That's fantastic. I love it. You're, you're practicing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's something that I've learned. Like it's, it was last year that I, there actually, there was a newsletter from James Clear the other day that he put it like oh, nice. very nicely and neatly, but I forgot the phrase, but he said something along the lines of that preparation for something doesn't mean you're advancing at all so is there point in preparing kind of like that that is the idea and the answer is there isn't one (laughs) but I've definitely spent like my last year preparing for things and making sure that I have everything and then yeah definitely and then like you you come to the point that you realize like I I just wasted (laughs) months of my life doing nothing totally of value like it's mind-blowing yeah like um the author seth godin talks about the idea of shipping and Mm -hmm. how you know as a as a creative or as an entrepreneur or or whatever it is that you're producing it doesn't really exist until you until you ship and so at some point you have to you have to ship it um (laughs) and shipping it doesn't mean that it's perfect shipping it doesn't mean that it's bang on Shipping, it means that you're delivering, you know, that you're delivering something that you've either promised or, or created. Um, and so I'm a big believer in, in, in taking action and, sh- and shipping um, because 
without that step. And I'm not saying that you put, you know, crap out in the world, you know, if it's not ready to ship, um, then don't, but it's never going to be perfect. Uh, and, and so, and so, you know, you have to be mindful of getting it out there or, and, and another, another way of also thinking about that is to just start. So, you know, the idea of creating a podcast, for example, um, is scary to most people because there's a, you know, a bunch of different technical things you need to consider and you need to find hosts and you need to come up with artwork and you need to come up with a name and you got to host it and all these things. But the only way you can really get into that is to just start and, and do it and, and, you know, make mistakes, learn, have fun along the way. Um, but for the most part, um, uh, very little, very little advance. I'm a, you know, I'm a big believer that, you know, you can't really advance much in life without taking action of, of some sort. Um, I'm a big, you know, I'm also a big believer that the action should be big action. Um, you should take, you know, huge leaps and, and, and be okay with even, you know, 50% of whatever that, you know, that leap is uh, coming to fruition, but at least you've taken that leap. 1000%. The other day, I read this quote that was spot on on what you're saying right now. And it, it was, I don't remember, I think it was um, somebody who was talking about manifestation and law of attraction universe. And they said, always 10x your goals because yeah. if you're aiming for something big and intimidating and overwhelming, but it is your dream with a all caps dream then universe will help you because mm-hmm. kind of like this whole thing doesn't work. Like the universe doesn't like if you're a low baller, if you're aiming for like just enough, I think this is okay. Like, I hope I don't like, you know, yeah. like make you uncomfortable. Like, I think this is me. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, totally. Aim for big and then it will help you. But if you're um, not like, it, it's not yeah. going to help you. So that's why like reaching low thresholds is so difficult Totally. In comparison to the high ones, so it's, it's like very yeah, there's a, there's, but interesting. There's a great book by Grant Cardone called 10X, um, yeah. where he talks about you know he talks about doing it you know anything you you know that you're willing to put the effort in you know go 10X and and um, you might not get there, but at least you've you know you've you've either taken a huge step or or taken a big chunk out of the problem or or the goal, whatever it is that you're looking to to do. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm also cognizant of like Tony Robbins who talk, you know, talks about, uh, you know, the word emotion and, and, and within the word emotion is the word motion, um, Mm. and, and how important it is to keep moving and keep striving or, or keep doing, um, anything. And and that, that actually, you know, feeds into mental health, but also your motivation and your ability to, um, to uh, uh, improve and advance, um, which all the times that I look back when I've struggled with things like depression or, or you know, uh, uh, um, different challenges with, with mood, a lot of that has manifested for me when I stay stagnant and when I don't do, when I don't do things. Um, and so I've made a conscious effort to keep um, active. And I don't even mean like physically active in like the, you know, sort of fitness sense, but also in the, you know, trying, thinking, doing, testing, um, exploring, um, being creative, keeping the brain fresh, like always 
trying new things. Um, and that could, that could involve sitting still. That could involve watching a documentary or, or reading a blog post. It could involve picking up the phone and reaching out to people in a similar field to try to learn from them or um, finding different, you know, network opportunities. Um, and, you know, serendipity is, is, is kind of a... Well, no, just serendip- serendipity is, is kind of, it sounds like a fancy word, but I think a lot of it comes down to, um, you know, your uh, ability to bump into, you know, I think it was Steve Jobs who, who said that, you know, the more curious you are, the more opportunities you have to bump into opportunities and, and different um, uh, connections get to be made. Um, and, and so I think serendipity um, gets increased the more you the more you do do that stay active tell me more about serendipity and how it affected your life because i love this subject oh honestly well, yeah it's have, such I'm like not, an untrackable yeah. you know it's it's such a not like unmeasurable thing that people like people don't believe in these things so easily they're like well it kind of happens can't explain it i don't know right yeah yeah I, i'm I mean, it's funny, I haven't really put this into words much, so I'll fumble through it. But the way I look at it is the more, the, the more you, the more you, the more chances you take, the more things you try, the more action you take, the more your life expands. Um, and the more your life expands, the more you rub up against other things and people and opportunities. And, and that, that only just from a pure math standpoint <laughs> increases the likelihood of you, um, um, you know, uh, uh, bumping into other opportunities or uh, similar, you know, similar types of people or challenges. Um, and, I, and so I think the whole idea of serendipity has a lot to do with your, expansive world and the people you attract and the opportunities that come about um, just purely through, you know, through um, your actions and motivation. And again, that, you know, that goes back to all the times that I've been in depressions have come from, I've stayed stale. Um, And I don't want to minimize this because sometimes, you know, um, you're stale at, because you're not feeling well and you're very much kind of locked into uh, a, a period of inaction because, you know, of fear or anxiety. And, I, and, and so I don't want to, that is very much something that um, a lot of people are going through and, 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 and you know, you should get your, you know, uh, different doctors or professional help for that. Um, but for me, it's, it's always been something that I've come out of when I've taken more action uh, because then more opportunities come my way and I'm able to um, expand those. I love it. I love your definition. <laughs> to sum it up, serendipity equals exposure. I guess. Yeah, exactly. And, and what is it? Like taking steps forward, I guess? Well, it's, I, I think I think the taking steps forward comes before the exposure. The more steps you mm. take forward, the more you become exposed to new, exciting, different people, places, things, 
opportunities, concepts. Um, it's like, you know, it's like exploring a library. You can stay in one section of the library and only learn about animals, or you can decide to get lost and step beyond into the history section and the, you know, the, um, the anthropology section and kind of expand your opportunity to bump into new and different exciting books that might interest you and you'll learn something from that. Nice. So and, and I will, I will it's add a tutorial. That it's the, same, but the same goes with podcasts. Okay, you know, tell the me. More, uh, well, the more, the more adventures you, know, you can get, the more, the more yeah, interesting. The more po- totally. The more podcasts you listen to, the more you become exposed to new, different, exciting, interesting topics. I like to choose podcasts that have very eclectic um, guests uh, that, that come mm. from a, you know, a wide range of different backgrounds because to me, something that is vitally important in sort of my, my number one value is, is this idea of curiosity. If, if I'm not being curious, if I'm not being open to new and different things, um, then I actually become, I, I become depressed. Um, and so I'm always looking for opportunities to learn something new. And I think podcasts are such an incredible way to do that. Um, it, it, you know, so easy to access, but also um, as you're exploring your, you're jumping from topic to topic. Uh, you know, usually those guests are introducing, you know, new books that they've read or movies that they've watched or people that they've become interested in or um, different videos that they've seen on YouTube. And so I'll, I'll you know, be writing notes and, and jumping down those rabbit holes and kind of going, uh, going through, going through, you know, new and interesting uh, uh, directions. Yeah. 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 That's cool. I totally. like that. So basically, like, find not not only try to go deep onto a subject, into a subject, but also try to find sources that provide you like a vast variety of fun, crazy, totally. like, unexplicable people. Yeah, I mean, sometimes yeah. I want to go shopping at a at a store that only sells jeans. Yeah. Sometimes I want to go shopping at a department store that has everything. Hmm. And like get surprised by pistachio, I don't know, something. Exactly. <laughs> pistachio yeah. shoes. If totally. that's a thing, it will be. Or a someday. cashmere scarf. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's a thing though. Pistachio yeah, shoes. Yeah. It's yeah, strange. Like pistachio <laughs> shoes. <laughs> Maybe. I mean you made Although, a fire truck out it's of a strong and nut. card boxes. It's a strong nut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, could be. Okay, could so walk tell me pistachio this. Pistachio shells. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, but it would be painful. Yeah. <laughs> Who would want that? I, I think the I think the um, pistachio shoes is part of the uh, crazy part of evil crazy genius. Just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> but we will not tell. Shh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Sorry, tell who, me this. Who inspires me? Yeah, who inspires you? So Apart right now, my pistachio wife. Shoes. <laughs> Yeah, right now my wife inspires me. Um, nice. We, you know, we have a two and a half year old, and seeing her as a mother and just sort of expand and grow, and and um, um, she's so good, good at it. <laughs> um, uh, nobody also, ever said that somebody's good as a parent. Like everybody's like, I'm managing. <laughs> no, fine. she's amazing. She's amazing, um, and so I get inspired by this sort of um, sense of uh, she also doesn't know what she's doing and, and, and she'll admit that um, and neither do I, but she's very much 
exploring and not afraid to try new things. And, and you can see that process and how it plays out both in, you know, how our son is advancing, but also how happy he is and how, you know, excited uh, he is to sort of explore the world. And, and so I get inspired by just watching her iterative process as she goes about um, raising, you know, raising our son with, with me. Um, and, and so to me that, that, you know, that, that, that's what gives me a ton of inspiration these days. What is your favorite book? Ooh, that's a good one. So, uh, Think and Grow Rich, uh, by mm. Napoleon Hill is my sort of go-to favorite book. Um, that, that's the, and, and the reason is that's the first one that got me to sort of, Um, think about my thoughts and, and sort of how the power of, of how I, um, you know, sort of process um, my goals and, and, and the way I kind of conduct my life. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the one that, that, that I find is, is the most uh, uh, sort of influential, you know, uh, uh, you know, infra, sorry, influential one for me. Um, but then the other one is a book called Reboot. Mm. And Reboot is, is written by a, a guy by the name of Jerry Colonna or Colonna. Um, and, and Jerry Colonna is known as the CEO whisper. And he specializes in working with CEOs and business professionals on the mental side of, of the business. And, and actually, the book reboot is all about understanding your um, your sort of childhood and, and the way you grew up influencing you as a leader. Um, and I found that kind of within the last five, 10 years, that's the book that I've gotten the most sort of value out of. And I find it is the one that I'm recommending the most. The other one is um, the one thing uh, which uh, I highly recommend. It's, <laughs> it's, it's such a good book. Um, it's, it's taught me that, you know, the cat, the, the catalyst effect of, you know, doing one thing such by doing it, it makes other things either easier or, or unnecessary. Um, so for me, it's like going to the gym and getting some exercise because then I feel better and I, I'm more motivated and I, and again, it goes back to that, that action side of thing as well. So, um, Yeah, I could talk about books forever. <laughs> Tell me more. I'm not stopping. I'm super curious. Oh, no. I mean, you know, there's... Give there's, me two more um, to, for like a top five then. Oh, God. Top five. Um, I think <laughs> Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell mm. Marx is a, is a classic, one that, you know, I, I, I you know, go back to quite a bit. Um, and then the other one is out on a wire, which was written by um, some of the team at NPR. Uh, it, it's a book about radio. It's, it, um, it, it features mm -hmm. Ira Glass um, and, and talks a lot about storytelling and how to tell storytelling in audio format. And, and just from a podcast perspective, it's, it's got a ton of value in there. Um, so that's one that I, that I, I highly recommend for, you know, for the podcast listeners out there, um, or those that are interested in getting into, into, you know, into podcasting. Um, oh God, it's tough to kind of narrow these down to specific ones. I, I just read the, um, the autobiography by Bob Iger, who was the, uh, CEO of Disney, um, mm -hmm. Uh, which was very, very well, well done and well, well written. Um, you know, he's got an incredible career um, and, and there was a ton of value in that. Um, 
I just bought uh, uh, Barack Obama's new book. Um, you did. So looking forward to, to, to tuck into that. Uh, that just got released yesterday. Um, what gets you to the place of an ex-US president? <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of his um, because of his leadership skills, but also his um, you know his his level of empathy and caring and and his courage. Um, and so you know I, I I'm looking forward to just sort of hearing the behind the scenes of what it was like being the first black president and having so much sort of. Uh, hate and animosity thrown his way, but he still maintains this level of, of cool and, and, um, you know, keeps a smile on his face. And, and so I, I you know, I, I think there's probably, you know, it could be a really bad book. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping to hear, I'm hoping to pull some tips around resilience and, and empathy and, and kind of, uh, the ability to lead when everything else is sort of stacked against you. Um, yeah, I can yeah, imagine the amount of hate, like terrible, yeah. really tough decisions you have to make. Totally. Danger, literally, of your yeah. life, yeah. every step you take. like. Pfft. Totally. Yeah. yeah, and he is calm, cool, and collected with a smile exactly. on his face. Like, come on. Totally. I, I, I can exactly. see that. Yeah, see yeah, that. totally. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, thank you for the list and thank you for coming on my show. It was a pleasure. Oh my God, it was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. <laughs>